the free for all roundtable round one on round one let's have at it vas bednar is here executive director of the master of public policy degree in digital society at mcmaster university shelly carroll is a toronto city councillor robert turner from news talk 1010 a familiar voice good morning to you all and actually shelly let me start with you because it's uh, a city committee that is recommending masking in schools to the public officer of health and now we cycle into this morning and people are calling for masks in pretty well any indoor space um i'm first of all curious because Mark uh, Tui was somewhat jaundiced about the idea of this committee of non-scientists making recommendations to the city's top doctor. Do they actually have a pony in the race? Uh, not really. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not excited about this myself. It's, it's the, the city's Toronto uh, Board of Health uh, asked the medical officer of health to report back on this. But, you know, we have always, when, when these waves have started, it's, it's always been a trickle down. Let's let's hear what the provincial medical officer of health that says. Unless we're a true outlier, and really, uh, this virus plus RSV and 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 the flu are rising all over Ontario, and so we really should be be working with Doctor Moore. And and I know that that he is looking at it. They they may not have the the old science table that they had from COVID, but we are hearing from the top doctors. Mm. Doctor Bogosh has talked about this on 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 your affiliates so there is a rising concern about hospital capacity but but you really want to be in concert with the rest of the province okay and i don't want to dwell on masks forever but this could become another day-to-day reality all over again robert turner i think if we went for another shutdown we'd probably have convoy 2.0 but i think most people are ready to shrug their shoulders sigh and put a mask back on yeah i don't know i know there's a public opinion poll out there that says seven in ten people are okay with returning to masks but you then you walk around the streets and don't see seven out of ten people wearing masks they want to be so told. i dispute that i think that's people telling a pollster what they think they should be saying um i was back and forth with a, a doctor about this yesterday should we be going back to masks? And their take was, well, I mean, do they help? Sure. But are they going? To, it's not a binary thing. It's not an off switch for these things spreading. Um, without going to all the other measures and having the entire thing on the table, is it really going to impact that much? He likened it to wanting to watch your calories. So you get the donut for breakfast, but you say, hey, hold the sprinkles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Vaz, you get last word on this one. And it, it, the, the strange thing in all of this is it seems to be a lot of blue skying. People sort of saying we should get back to mass, but there doesn't seem to be anything going through any official channels. Yeah, and I think the lack of officialness is where it gets murky. So, you know, in a campus setting, we're strongly recommending to young people that they wear masks, which of course means that most of my students do not wear a mask. And it also means that most of my students are sick and it's mid-November and they're missing class and finals are coming up. And for at least the subset of young people who are trying to study right now to lose a semester, it's very expensive, both in terms of time and money. So I think we're doing a poor job helping people kind of quantify or think about the cost of getting sick, whether or not they have uh, paid work days, falling behind, things they have to give up and sort of trade off, I would be fine with a little bit more of a mask mandate. I'm still wearing a mask and I feel like a total loser when I do that. And I was one of few people on a, on a porter plane <laughs> yesterday heading to Ottawa with my mask. And uh, I don't know. I don't want to get sick because 
I just don't want to. Anyway, sure. that's me. But but I, think, right. I think masks are also uh, the easy sort of, okay, let's do this. And then it's like, okay, well, we put a bow on it. So now it looks like we're doing something. What's the government doing about the fact that pediatric ICUs are over capacity right now and that right. we have a problem in emergency rooms? What is Sylvia Jones? She's the health minister now, right? Uh, she doesn't have to go testify in Ottawa, so she's probably got time. What is she doing now with the health ministry to say, okay, what resources are being geared up to help with the sick kids we're dealing with now? Well, absolutely. Instead question. of putting it back on people and saying, just put your mask, if you just wore your masks, there wouldn't be so many children who were sick. I think that's a great point. Uh, Justin Trudeau is hitting the road again. He has a bunch of international appointments and notable in countries that don't observe Remembrance Day the way we do. So that's probably why these events were scheduled the way they were. However, he's going to miss the Remembrance Day commemoration at the National Cenotaph. Shelley Carroll, is, is that a problem? I, I don't think so. I think we have to be reasonable. I, I, these dates come up, and and this was done to 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 actually save a lot of nations money. Whenever you have a G twenty, a lot of uh, summits that happen every three or four years try and and group themselves around it. And so leaders hit the road. And and so uh, he, he's joining a bunch of world leaders to do this. And that happens from time to time. But there, there are plenty of government members to go around in every order of government. As many people as possible will be out there representing their governments at these ceremonies. And so I'm sure that somebody very high ranking will be be standing in Ottawa at the Memorial, uh, right down to I, a lowly counselor, will be at Memorial Hall in North York. And Vas Bednar, I suspect the people who are going to complain about Justin Trudeau being absent are the ones who prefer he wouldn't attend anyway. I mean, and also the people who complain that he does too many things that are performative or at a podium instead of doing deeper policy work. It's a big team. He can send other people instead of him. I'm not particularly fussed at all about this. Yeah, unless he's unless he's skipping out to do another episode of Drag Race Canada, I don't care. I mean, we have a governor general, right? That's the whole point of that is to be the prime minister's ceremonial stunt double. They get to go when he's busy doing, you know, governing. <laughs> um, we learned yesterday at the inquiry when somebody wasn't passing out in the middle of it <clears throat> that uh, there was a pastor. Where they actually played audio of this. A pastor who told convoy block blockaders in Alberta that they should be willing to die for their freedom. It probably informs things that he's originally from Poland. But this is the sort of false grandiosity that I've had a problem with as concerns the convoy. That they seem to think that they are ship workers in communist Poland. In my country, in 1980, finally they said, our children are worth fighting for. And they did it, and they took it to the streets, and they paralyzed the entire system. Yes, thousands were arrested. There is a price attached to freedom. How do you think the second war ended? Millions had to die. How do you think the first war ended? Millions had to die. And that's the price that we have to be willing to pay if our children are going to have a free and democratic society. Okay, Vesbednar, is that uh, oh. grandiosity or just a, a flourish? I think it's spaghetti at the wall for a movement that was generally incoherent, very fractured, very uh, kind of federated in its organizing and that needed a coherent narrative and was constantly searching for one. Worth noting, Robert Turner, that the crowd he was speaking to is also part of the convoy protest that actually turned out to be armed and to have the most violent intention. 
Okay. Um, and, you know, I, do I agree with their cause? Do I think their freedoms were being inhibited? But if they did, I mean, we sort of have always celebrated people who are willing to fight for their freedom, and we continue to do that. Whether it's the situation in Iran where people are protesting, women are protesting, young women are protesting, uh, it comes down to whether we believe in what they're saying or not. And if he's being informed by his experience that he had before he came to Canada, that's not an experience I had. So I didn't believe the government was out to, you know, do nefarious things. I thought they were trying to keep everybody safe. But but I understand, if that's your worldview, that that may be where you get. Okay, listen, I want to hop to a couple of other things. And Shelley Carroll, you can offer some commentary on this one because it affects the city. Uh, the trophy from the uh, World Cup was in Toronto yesterday. And is it? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, got a frog in my throat again. Getting all choked up. I know you love the soccer. I know I love the soccer. <laughs> so much. I got to touch the trophy. Um, but there's still some question as to whether the province is going to help the city of Toronto in funding its uh, the 2026 World Cup. And we haven't apportioned, if, um, if I'm not mistaken, we haven't yet discovered how many games we're going to be getting in Toronto. So where are we on that? Well, all of the due, due diligence and the coordination is still being done because because every city that will host it is going through the same process. But um, you you really need to by now be hearing from from the other orders of government. Yes, we're in. It's you know you you generally do these things on uh, a third, a third, a third basis. Uh, each of the orders of government putting in a third, and so. Um, it, it, what's concerning is that we we know the federal government is doing their due diligence. We're certainly doing ours because because we don't want to be way off on the costs. But uh, we don't hear uh, we don't hear the province uh, uh, telling us you know physically what they are doing right now. We we heard a bit of. Uh, you know, we'll see from from the premier yesterday, but he, he didn't sound like I would love to see it here. He sounded like, yeah, well, we don't know. And that's 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 crazy to me because the economic impact of this, the city gets a reputational build and we get to see a ton of jobs created. And it's it's great for a city's brand to do these events, especially something like the World Cup. It's not a sort of you know, waste of time like an expo. This is the World Cup. We know the economic impact it's going to have, but it largely flows to those other two governments because we won't see a penny of the economic impact. We don't get sales tax or income tax. It will mostly, uh, the payback will come to them in terms of real dollars and cents. So I don't know why the province doesn't want to make sure that he's generating 3,300 jobs in, in, in this area by 2026. I think at a point in time where the premier is having a knife fight with the education unions over raises of 3%, it's not the best time to say, yeah, we got hundreds of millions of dollars, go soccer. So I think that's probably at play here, too. Um, it's We're, we're sure, trying to but, figure but out the, pro the province's finances. Well, I'm sure he is. I, I just, but I, And I also don't know where public sentiment's going to be at a time where cost of living is going up for everybody and everybody's tightening their belts that the government's spending all kinds of money on a few soccer games. Yeah, normally I'm a uh, bread, not circuses guy because I can't stand things like the Expo, and I don't believe we should be bidding on the Olympics. But Fast Bednar, I do think this is going to be an economic boon for the city and the region. I just think people are so nuts about soccer, even when it's not in our country, that they're going to go nuts about it when it is here. 
I mean, people might go nuts when they see how expensive it is to stay in a hotel somewhere in the Toronto area, <laughs> at least right now, and the, the lack of affordability. So it's not just the affordability for people who are trying to live in the city, but the affordability of visiting the city for a couple of days is also getting astronomical. And we've got to keep our eyes on this. But let's remember, this kind of dealing with uh, other orders of government is one of the key planks that John Mayor John Tory told us he's uniquely suited to do. So let's see how he can, whether he can uh, secure the rest of the funding for this soccer extravaganza. My thanks to you for this, Robert Turner, Vance Bednar, and Shelley Carroll. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845, weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.